We've been talking about the white flag. We've been talking about surrender. Last time we talked about just uh, in regards to surrender, we talked about just just getting things out on the table, just getting it right with God, giving him all of us this total surrendering peace, this this continuing to to walk in the ways that he wants us to walk in, to do the things he wants us to do. But really, it all comes down to just pouring it all out there, that repentance piece of everything that we've done. But here's the thing, though. Here's what I've noticed in my own life about repentance. Is sometimes it's easy for me to, to put it out there and say, God, I'm sorry for the things that I've done. And it's easy for me to, to kind of just you know, give that little apology. But sometimes unforgiveness still plays a huge factor in what's going on. It, unforgiveness or the, the, the inability to forgive somebody is actually plaguing me from, from surrendering in entirety to what God wants to do or to, to, to God at all. And so today I want us to look at unforgiveness, this, this piece that really does play more of, a, more of a factor than we think. I'm going to share with you some stories about my own life where unforgiveness has set in and I'm convinced that it had something to do with just my inability to move forward. So I'm going to first take you to 1 Corinthians 13. I know you're thinking, wait a minute, that's like the love chapter, right? Yeah, it is. But let me show you something in this chapter. Because unforgiveness goes a couple different ways. Unforgiveness can be that I refuse to forgive you for something you've done to me. But unforgiveness can also be where I don't forgive myself for something I've done. So look with me here in 1 Corinthians 13 for a minute. I'm going to start in verse 8. I'll start in verse 4. I'm sorry, verse 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. For there is knowledge, for, for where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Now, it goes on. We get a little bit more information there about what love is. But here's where I want to go with that, because one of those pieces of what love is and what love does, we read, says, keeps no record of wrongs. I have to admit, I am extremely human. I know, you might have thought I was a robot, right? But no, I'm, I am extremely human. And one of the things that I have noticed in my humanity is that sometimes, most times, I keep a record of wrongs. Those who have offended me, those who have done some injustice towards me, I keep a record of that. I know we're not supposed to just says love doesn't do that. And if I'm walking in God's ways, if I'm walking in love, I'm not going to, to keep that record. But I have a tally sheet in my head. Maybe, maybe not one on paper, 
but I have this tally sheet in my head, something that I really struggle with. Because when something has happened to me, my first indication is to put a wall up so that you don't do that again. Or I might let it slide the first time. You know, maybe maybe it was off the cuff type thing. Maybe you didn't mean to hurt me, or maybe it depends on the severity of how I was hurt. But eventually, I'm gonna have a wall up. And that wall becomes part of my record of wrongs. I will, every time you do it again, I'll put a little notch on that wall there to say, oh, this has now happened 13 times in the last year. And I become easily offended by what you do. I keep a record of wrongs. Doesn't really make sense because, you know, if we think about how many times we have offended God, how many times we have not done what, what he wants us to do, uh, you know, we, 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 I'm sure that I have this huge tally list of God was to keep tally. I'm sure I have a huge tally list of all these things that God could easily just be so frustrated with, so upset with me and say, no more, no more. I'm not going to bless him anymore. No, because he's done this, 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 this many times and in this fashion and that fashion. And, and he's done all these things and it would make sense for God to be that way, Right. He is the one who is pure. He's asking me to be pure, and I can't live a, a single day sometimes without doing something that would offend him, saying something, doing an action, whatever it might be. I am continually having to ask God, please forgive me because I messed up again. I am just... <laughs> you know, cover my mouth, and, and, and maybe I might have a little bit better chance to, to, to get through the day, right? But what I find here is that God does not keep a record of wrongs. Because of his love for me, he forgives me. I have to confess, God, I'm sorry. And he wipes that sin away. That's his, that's his nature. He, he forgives us our sins. The Bible tells us this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1.9 he forgives me when I come and I confess to him that I have messed up, that I have done something stupid. And if I want to be like Christ, you would think that it would be easy. Oh, you know, God, I really want to walk in your ways. I want to do the things that Jesus did. Oh, I'm going to forgive when you've offended me. But I keep that record of wrongs. What I'm doing in keeping that record is I am preventing myself from the blessing. Because what did it say after that? It says, love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. There is a ceasing when we choose to, in this case, talking about love, but again, love keeps no record of wrongs. So if I'm keeping a record of wrongs, then I am putting myself in a position where I am being blocked. The blessings, the things that God wants to do in me, they're all being blocked. So I need to stop. 
I need to stop keeping the record of wrongs. I told you I'd tell you a story, so let me tell you a story. A couple years back, well, well, it's been a lot longer than a couple years now. I guess back when I was in college, 20-some years ago, right? Um, so I remember coming home one summer, and I, I, I remember that I was really getting into writing. I started. I wanted to really start doing some some devotional writing and stuff like that. And I would sit there, this back when the old-fashioned typewriter, so tink, 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 tink. But it didn't start out on the typewriter. It started out with me writing it down. And I would sit there and I would write, just, just have fun writing. And it got to the point where my hand was hurting so bad. Like it hurt to, to write. I had to go to the typewriter. And I wasn't really any fast on the old manuals. You know, like, again, this is the old days, right? This is when the manuals were there. Now, we had computers and all that. I, we just didn't have one in our home. So I'm tick, 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 because I, because it hurts so much just to use my hand to write. And it got worse and worse. Like my hand just, it felt like I had like a deep arthritis, especially in my right hand here. And, and I remember asking someone at the prayer meeting to pray for me because my hands were really in pain. I couldn't hardly do much of anything because it hurt so much. And one of the ladies stepped aside, took me outside and said, Daniel, I, I feel this is what God is saying. The pain in your hands, she says, I'm gonna pray for your hands, but the pain in your hands is going to be released when you forgive. I was holding an unforgiveness to somebody. I was holding an unforgiveness to myself. See, I had messed up. And even though I had asked God to forgive me and I knew that he had forgiven me, I looked at my sin as being so huge that I couldn't forgive myself. And that unforgiveness even of myself was bringing about these this this pain, was bringing about this blockage. I was, I was writing things about Jesus. I was, you know, I, I was spending time writing these devotionals. But again, like it says, because that, that, that unforgiveness, because that record of wrongs that I was holding even against myself was preventing me from being able to do what I wanted to do, to write about God. It was blocking, as it says. So she says, you need to forgive yourself. You need to, to just confess your sin, but you need to forgive yourself. And I remember going home, you know, because I wanted to play the role. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I haven't done anything wrong. No, I knew exactly what she was talking about. And I knew exactly what sin I needed to forgive myself for. I went home. And I'm, God, please forgive me, but help me to forgive myself. Help me to forgive myself for this thing that I've done, this sin that I committed. And I'm not going to say it was instantaneous. I had to keep praying this as the day went on and into the next day. God, please help me to forgive myself and even look in the mirror and say, I forgive you. I forgive you. As weird as it was to look in the mirror, I had to see myself 
and I had to forgive myself. And the more that I did this, I realized I was the one holding myself back because of unforgiveness. My hands began to work again. I was able to write. I was able to do the things that I wanted to do to put those those letters of such, those devotionals and such into writing and then be able to, to, to do something more with them, use them for school and use them uh, for, for at, this, at the time I didn't do any podcasts or nothing, but using them as devotionals in college and stuff. So it was a blessing, but it came only from me having to, or the door reopened to me because I had to forgive myself. See, unforgiveness is a fickle thing, though. We want, a lot of times, vengeance and spite, and we want judgment on our enemies. But God is saying, I know they've offended you. I know they've hurt you, but I need you to forgive them. And the reason why, we've, we've seen this so many times in Scripture, and we've heard this probably from the pulpit, is if we don't forgive, we are not all, we're not blocking them. We're blocking ourselves from what God wants us to do. We're, we're blocking ourselves from the blessing that God wants to give us. So you might offend me, and you might ask God for forgiveness, and you might ask me for forgiveness, and I might go, eh. But who, who right now is going to be the one who's getting blocked? The one that offended me or me? Well, the one that offended me, they did what they were supposed to do. They came and asked for forgiveness. And they asked God for forgiveness. And so really, they're, they're clear. But if I am denying them forgiveness, if I'm holding on to this unforgiving spirit, unforgiving mindset, I'm not blocking them from God using them. I'm blocking myself as we just saw here, where there is this, it will cease. Go with me to the book of Matthew. I'm going to read in Matthew 18, verse 15. If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. But if he will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. I tell you the truth that whatever you bind in heaven will be bound so whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven again I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything anything you ask for it will be done for you by my father in heaven for where two or three come together in my name there I am in the midst so what we find in here is that it is it's going to be, the reason I bring this up is because it's going to be very common that somebody might offend you. And there is a way to go about that, right? There, there is a, hey, let me talk this out, man. But in that talking, we're not just going to leave it there. 
in that talking it out, we come to a point of understanding. And really, we come to a point of forgiveness. And Jesus says that, man, I am there in the midst. It's almost as if Jesus is going to be our negotiator, right? He's, he's, he wants to help us in these situations so that we are not blocked. He wants us to be having these freedom moments. Now, there will be times when maybe the conversation is not going to go so well. We might have to bring some other people in. And, and maybe we're going to have to agree to disagree and go our own separate ways. But... We at least have to make the attempt of doing it right. We at least have to make that attempt of, of saying, this is how I felt. This is, this, is, this is what your comment or your action made me feel like. Giving that opportunity for forgiveness. If we don't give that opportunity for forgiveness, then, then where are we? We are going to be the ones who continue to live with this chip on our shoulder, we're not going to have the blessings that God wants to pour out on us. Bible goes on, then following, like the right next verse following, verse 21. Very common time when Peter's asking, hey, how many times should I forgive? Verse 21, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Now there's poetics there, 70 times seven, things like that. My, my version, the NIV, says 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began to settle as began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all they had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. He, be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. That's pretty good, right? I mean, he's 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 begging, pleading. I'm I'm, I'm going to pay it back. I'm sorry. I just I need you to be patient with me. I haven't been able to do it. whatever reason. I haven't been able to do this 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 action. And he forgives them. You know what? I tell you what. I'm not going to throw you and your family and all your stuff to be sold. I'm I'm going to forgive you. We'll just clean it out. 100% clean it out. But hold on a minute. Because this servant has someone who owes him as well. So, going back to verse 28 then, we're in Matthew 18, verse 28. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. The exact same words as dude had just said. And now his servant is saying the same thing. Hey, please be patient with me. I'm going to pay you back. But there's a difference here. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, 
they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. So now he just got snitched on. Hey, remember that guy that, that you just, like, you wiped out his whole, you were going to put him in prison. You are going to you're gonna take all his stuff and, and sell him off. But, but you decided, no, 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 I, I'm going to forgive you. Remember him? Well, he, so he just threw somebody in jail for the exact same thing. One of his servants, one of his buddies owed him some, some denarii, and he decided to, you know, be mean and harsh and threw him in prison instead of canceling his debt. Ah, so in verse 32, then the master called the servant in, right? Maybe he thinks it's going to be another good little party there, and he points his finger and says, you wicked servant, he said, I canceled all your debt all that all that debt of yours because you begged me to shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as i had on you in anger his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed this is how your heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart very strong words right there that we need to heed if we are god freely forgives us but if we are going to hold something against someone again i and, and i'm telling you from the heart here because i am one who keeps records oh i have to be careful i have to stop actually keeping records because why because i'm setting myself up for this that God freely forgives me, yet I'm holding a grudge against you. That's not, that's not God's way. God forgives us. The Bible even tells us he throws our sin as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered anymore. God doesn't hold these things against us, but here I am holding a grudge because you you cut me off in traffic. You you took my money and didn't pay me back. You didn't, you didn't give me the right change. Stupid things, right? Uh, you, you said good morning with an attitude, and it just made me mad today. I'm holding these grudges. Over things that are not important. We have to live in forgiveness, surrendering, waving that white flag. That's part of what we're talking about. I have to, I have to pour everything out and say, God, I'm I I am sorry. And I forgive those who have sinned against me. I was part of the Lord's Prayer. Forgive trespasses even as your father has forgiven you, right? We, 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 can't, we can't live opposed to God's word and still expect all these blessings to fall on us. Unforgiveness is going to block us from God's blessings. I want revival. I want God to do something huge. I want God to use me in such a way. But if I am holding unforgiveness, I am not in the right position to be being used by God. And God will not pour out, or at least not pour out in the capacity that I'm praying for, will not pour that out on me if I'm holding my fist up with a grudge towards my brother or even towards myself. So let's think. 
Do you want God to pour himself out on you? Waving that white flag, we've already talked about it. It's surrender. It's, it's a right way of living. We throw it all out there. It's repentance. God, I am sorry for what I have done. Now we see that it's also forgiveness. I forgive you for the offense that you've done towards me. I'm not going to count that against you anymore. Maybe even looking in the mirror, I forgive you for what you've done. I'm not going to hold that against me anymore. Do you want God's blessings? Do you want God to take you to the next level? Then we've got to stop negotiating forgiveness. We've got to stop saying, well, I'll forgive that sin, but I'm not going to forgive that. God forgives it all. If we're going to be walking in God's ways, if we're going to be stewards of God's word, we have got to understand, i got to forgive you no matter what. Because the more that I hold towards you, the more blockage I put between me and the blessing and the use and, and, and everything that God has for me. It's time. It's time for us to forgive. As much as it might hurt, it's time for us to forgive. Hey, this is Pastor Daniel. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Obedient Sheep podcast. If you'd like to get more information on this ministry or even get in contact with me, please go to obedientsheep.net. There you'll be able to leave your information, drop a line, send a prayer request, or even check out the other resources that are available. Thank you again for checking out this ministry, and we hope you have a blessed day.